This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 146 of Banging on the Drum. Please remember to go like, subscribe, download, share, help us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm your host, P-Dog, joined alongside our other host, M-Dog. And M-Dog, how are you doing today? Uh, Pretty good, I guess. Um, We just found out I'm a little bit sleepy, but that has to do with kind of my overs and unders. So I'll, like, wait to get into that. Not that it's, like, a huge sleepiness, but just a long weekend. Yeah, no, I called you out. Get that energy up. It already happened. I seen some more twinkle in your little eyes there like you're ready to go, go now uh no monster uh alcohol in front of you today or or what no no chose not to go with that at the moment so we'll see how it goes yeah we um, got us we got a soak episode in front of us uh-oh nobody nobody's getting lit up so that's all right though let let us have it what are these overs and unders all right so um I'm just going to start with my overs because my unders directly relate to my overs, like pretty, pretty consistently. So spent the weekend at Mount Olympus with the kids. And then we also had a basketball tournament on Saturday. So Saturday we started a basketball tournament, started at like 9 a.m. Then we go straight to Mount Olympus at, I don't know. So one o'clock, one thirty, we get to Mount Olympus, spend time in the pool and at the amusement park till about six kids get back we go to sleep i go to sleep and then so it's probably like 8 30 or 9 o'clock so not super late right not ridiculous but i'm laying down i'm going to sleep somebody knocks on the door uh pizza guy didn't order pizza so he wakes us up and i'm just like uh yeah you got the wrong room dude like we're we're all fucking sleeping in here. Um, and then I don't know, like midnight or so some alarm starts going off and then I can hear voices outside the room. Like, and I want to say somebody tried to break into somebody else's room. That's I, I did I was, not get overly concerned. So I don't know if I was just like too tired to be overly concerned. Cause I definitely was sleeping at that point. And then, um, or, if I just thought I misheard it or what the deal was, but I didn't get like, Oh my God, I got to figure out what the fuck's going on here. But you know, that pizza was probably already paid for Mike. Yeah. You don't take people, people's fucking pizza, dude. Come on. It was (laughs) probably like the next room down. (laughs) That would be awful. If, if you order a pizza, they brought to the wrong room and the wrong room took it. So good for you. So yeah, but integrity, what would have ended up happening? is they would have called and complained hey we never got our pizza we ordered this pizza like 35 minutes ago or whatever it is and then they would have been like oh no we delivered that pizza and they're gonna be like no you didn't and then they'll make them another pizza and bring it up that's what would happen almost for sure oh yeah you'd be screwing the pizza place so good for you mike good integrity right there i'm proud of you because i might have been tempted to take a slice you should have grabbed you should have grabbed it from him took a slice <laughs> and said yeah, yeah man this ain't mine but you deliver the rest of it to the next guy <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah he looked at me like like super confused too right so i don't know 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I would bet in that situation that the, the people probably said the wrong word. So he probably had to like, get back on the phone with them. Cause like how, you know, how hard would that be to, yeah. or not hard. It'd be like too easy. Like if you got room 135, like you're like, I'm going to knock on room 135. So yeah, I think it was probably uh order air more than deliver air yeah maybe the delivery guy is the guy who was trying to rob people and i just was like the you got the wrong room and then shut the door and he didn't have time to like jump me oh yeah there was actually a gun in the pizza box yeah maybe that's probably what happened i'm just <laughs> too savvy for him <laughs> good for you mike you're always on your toes all right keep giving them to us but yeah i get why you'd be tired after spending a, a week yeah. at a water park but so like really the overs though are good. Like, so I help coach the fourth grade basketball. I wrote fifth grade on here, which makes me feel kind of stupid, but I help coach the fourth grade basketball. We kind of dominated all year, which I enjoy. We got a couple players that can play pretty well. And the daughter's one of them. And then, um, spent the weekend with, at, uh, Mount Olympus with the kids spending time in the indoor water park and the music park both day both saturday and sunday it's a good little weekend yeah no that sounds awesome i kind of miss the dells was the dells like crazy this weekend because i've heard i heard of other people being in the dells this weekend and i feel I saw, like I saw some barstool guys were at the wilderness yeah that's it sounds like that's but, what i was uh, hearing too so mount olympus was very very busy saturday from like two to six when we were there like very busy, like just asses and elbows, right? Like everywhere. So like must've been busy enough, but my niece had a volleyball tournament in the Dells, but they do something like that. Like every weekend, I think gotcha. that the Dells run some big tournament down in their sports complex. So, um, I think the Dells can handle pretty much as many people as they need to. I would, I would be interested at the number of people that the Dells can hold on a given weekend. If they need like, if like the Super Bowl came to town, like how many actual people could come into town? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that too. Cause I can't imagine that there's many other places that could handle. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's other places that can handle like the capacity of of what the Dells can do, but the Dells, yeah, that has the to Dells be is like, like a town of time. like four thousand people, though. <laughs> like the actual population yeah. of the Dells is not big. No, I know. Um, I want to say it's like one of those towns. Well, it definitely is one of those towns where like the summer population is like way outweighs the the winter population, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many. Is that a Google Googleable search? Like how many people can the Dells handle? Um, not sure. I'm gonna kind of look at it, but right now the population in the Dells is two thousand nine hundred and forty, apparently. Yeah, that's kind of insane. Yeah, which is pretty small, pretty small town. Um yeah, it's time. Yeah, so I'm gonna kind of be trying to find like figure out if we can find out how many people you you keep trying to find that out i'll go into mine so my under um so i have to talk about it i was going to try to run a half marathon and not have to talk about it too much but whatever i've been training for that thing for a while running 
more than I've probably ever ran in my life, I would have to say. And then I had a wilder weekend the previous weekend, not this weekend. This weekend was super chill. It was pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, so I was drinking and stuff. Uh, President's Day, I didn't work Monday. So Tuesday, I got back into it and I decided to jump like right into one of my training runs. That's like, because I have a fall in a program that'll be like speed run, relax run, or recovery run, uh, long run. Like, so whatever. And I've never really ran like that before. I used to just like go out and run and however I felt like dictated the pace. So I was really yeah. not feeling like running super fast that day because usually on Mondays, it's like a nice, easy, like two mile run. And I missed Monday, uh, probably cause I was, uh, I, I didn't drink much Sunday, but I was still like hungover, lazy, lackadaisical. So I was like, okay, I'll throw the warm up in or whatever that run in first lift some weights and then go do this speed run and i did this speed run and to my credit i did try my ass off but then once i got done like there was shit in my legs that was just like this isn't feeling right like there's some tendons that feel looser than they should there's some muscles that feel like more strained than they should um so long story short i thought i strained my calf which I didn't think was a big deal until I Googled it. And they were like, that takes six weeks to heal. Nah, fuck it. You'll be fine. Yeah. And whatever and whatnot. So, so I did have a rest day in there. And that day I was just trying to stay off of it as much as I could. Well, I'd say that, but I was kind of like stretching it and shit, just trying to feel it out. But like, I was like, I'm not going to run on it today or that day. And I used a bunch of icy hot and, uh, this Theragun or Terragun, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, and then I went out for a run today, fully expecting to be like, oh, I am screwed. Like my legs aren't going to be ready. Like, I think I could have rested enough to still run it. Okay. It'd be fine. But I ran today and I felt like a million bucks. So I don't know what it was. So yeah. it must have just like stretched out the muscles and I wasn't used to like working them that hard when I didn't want to. So that was my over is felt good today. Felt good. Yeah. There you go. Recovered like Wolverine. Did you figure out the Dell stuff? Uh, yeah. So I think it's right around 10,000 rooms in the Dells, but they have 4 million vi visitors annually or just under 4 million maybe. So, okay. Just over 10,000 rooms is what it said compared to Las Vegas that has 150,000 rooms. Okay. So, yeah, I think we're dreaming. I don't, maybe they could, I don't, the no, no, I didn't, I, I didn't say, I'm just saying like huge events, like, but it, I don't know. To me, it's, it does definitely feel like there's more than the 10,000 like places available in the Dells to stay, or rooms available to stay in the Dells, right? I one feels that way to me. But then again, like nothing's over like three or four stories. Yeah. And I wonder if that's kind of like the Dells proper where like there's some resorts, like maybe just outside the Dells. I don't know. Maybe there's not actually. I, don't, I have no, no I think the area they include is like 20 square miles. Okay. So, so yeah, I don't think that could, I don't think that could hold a Super Bowl. I don't think we're going to be in a, <laughs> in a Super Bowl in Wisconsin Dells anytime too soon. 
Well, Bye. I mean, the fact that uh, like Milwaukee probably couldn't even hold. Yeah, that. I would be, you know, so I would I would be surprised if they would put one in Milwaukee. I think they just kind of outlawed the the Bucks All Star Game opportunity due to something like the number of rooms or flights that come into the city. Yeah. Like they just I, adjusted some rules and Milwaukee fell into that, that they can't do it there. I could see that. Cause I even feel like Grant, I think the knock on Minnesota that it was that it was so damn cold when they had the Super Bowl there. So like everybody was struggling just to get around the city for the Super Bowl, but they, they had a problem with Minneapolis too. So I could only imagine. Yeah, Green Bay and Milwaukee wouldn't be able to handle that volume. I don't think there's a place in Wisconsin that really can. Yeah, and so like Milwaukee would only have like 6,000 rooms, 5,400 rooms. That's crazy to me. I I guess I have no clue on how the logistics of that shit actually plays out and how it actually works. But yeah, yeah. because I want to say... So the Dells has been doing a really good job since we were little in like expanding their like young sports, whatever, like becoming kind of like complexes. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Mecca for like, oh, we're going to have the state tournament here. We're going to have the state basketball here. It seems like it's mostly the younger age ones, not like the high school ones, but but yeah, they, they've been coming a long ways with that. Uh, I don't know where I was going with this, but but it is it is a nice little place to to have that shit. Yeah. But let's let's keep it rolling, Mike. So give me just the just the tip. Give me Mike's tip, just the tip of the day. Uh, if you find a toilet in your dreams, maybe don't use it. Avoid that thing at all costs. That's probably a good one. You ever piss yourself like from a drunk night? Nope. Um, I don't think anyway. Right. So it's been a long time since I pissed the bed. Um, and I don't think like as an adult, like I've pissed the bed. Last time I pissed the bed, I was in Wisconsin Dells actually. (laughs) So, so it correlates pretty good, but in my defense, I don't know if this is better or worse. I used to have, ah, I wouldn't say used to have, I don't know what would trigger it, but I could do, I could be the sleepwalking peeing guy. So last. Okay. So I don't think I've done that either where I've gotten so drunk that I like pissed on the floor or anything either. Oh, I've done that probably a handful of times. I could probably count as many times on at least two of my hands, but, but yeah, we were in town for a buddy's wedding and it was honestly like early into when my wife and I started dating and we got a room in the Dells. Like I'm surprised she like didn't leave me after this interaction. Uh, cause I brought her all the way back up to Wisconsin. She didn't realize being from Brazil, like how far of a drive Florida to Wisconsin is. And I, she's, oh, yeah. she doesn't usually like Google stuff like that or anything like that. So I think she just got in the car and was like, okay, well, we'll be there like soon enough. Six six hours from now. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. And yeah, way longer car ride than she thought it was going to be. 
And then we get there, we have our room. COVID was still pretty hot in the streets. Like I remember there was a few people, especially buddies, wives that were pregnant or just had COVID or something didn't show up. So it ended up being like a lot of my friends without their wives there. And then me and my wife, and they were planning on being responsible, which I don't even know how they, they actually thought they were going to be responsible, but anyway, without their wives there. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. That (laughs) that shit don't happen. So I just, if you got a room in like at the place, right. They didn't though. That was the thing. So two of my buddies didn't because they were like, okay, they were going to be staying in Madison. So not like that far of a drive from the day. So they were going to like attend the wedding, stay till whenever dip out when they had to. But then I was like my first time back in town for quite some time. So I was guilt tripping them into staying. And then, yeah, they ended up staying in my room. So it was actually, yeah, it was Kane and Kyle and uh, uh, Carrie Blue Kevin, who've both been on the show fairly recently. And yeah. and yeah, I woke up in the middle, or my wife woke up in the middle of the night, and I was standing on the bed holding a beer can and pissing into it. And Yikes. <laughs> Do you remember this or she just tell? No, yeah, I have no recollection yeah. of this. And the only thing... Or not the only thing that I remember, but I remember the next morning. One, I so saw it was uh, Carrie Blue Kevin was still on the uh, was still on the the pull out couch that we had in our room, and then K uh, Nine Kyle was sleeping on like the foot of <laughs> right where I pissed. <laughs> he was just sleeping and piss on the yeah, end of the bed. Yikes. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> he was not too happy about it once he found out the next day. But I mean, no one was like super mad or anything. Cause like, what can yeah. you do? But he still comes on the show. He hasn't like, disowned you. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't leave you. She yeah. must really like you, man. Yeah. It was, it was surprising, but, but yeah, that's all I got for finding a toilet in the sleep. So I'm curious if in those, like I'm dreaming and I find a toilet, I would assume so. So, yeah, I would assume so. I definitely peed in my dream and then woke up and had to piss super bad. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Right. And not like been too. like terrified that I was going to piss myself because I peed in my dream. Right. And then woke up and I hadn't. And then I had to go downstairs. Oh, yeah. I've definitely had dreams where I was trying to find a bathroom that woke up and I was like, oh, shit, I got to like my stomach, like my bladder was probably to the point where it would have like damn near exploded. Cause, cause I had to yeah. go so bad and I feel like I've used them in the dreams and then like come out scot-free. Like it didn't, it didn't affect me, but I woke up scared that it did. Yeah. I, I've never had it like that vivid of I, I, like I whether like I could remember if I actually used it or not. I, I don't actually, I'm kind of just assuming that I've seen that. Like I've definitely woke up yeah. from like needing to piss. Mostly dreams are pretty elusive for me too, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's one. So yeah. All right. All right. What do we got for an observation observation of the week from Pat? So I got to start writing them down better because I feel like I had good, like staying on the topic that I kind of was staying on, but this week uh, I'm kind of cheating because uh, these definitely aren't 
what I was expecting to have for my observations. But have you seen this Rempe guy uh, for the New York Rangers? Uh, nope. Nope. Playing yet? So look him up because this guy is absolutely awesome. I should have had his first name figured out by this point. But anyways, see, so what I got from him, he was a um, six round draft pick, kind of one of those scrappy, like has to get to the pros somehow kind of guy got passed up lots of times. But anyways, he's like six, eight. For some reason, it was saying six, eight and a half. They were very specific about it. On but skates or just like I no, basketball I think height or basketball like football height. Basketball, football height. I'm pretty sure dude's six eight. Okay. Matt Matt Rempe. Um so this says six foot seven. So whatever. He, he's a big dude. Six foot seven, two hundred forty right. pounds. But I'm pretty sure like the movie Goon is like kind of based on him. Nice. No, not based on him, but like he, I guess he's only 21, so he hasn't had like that tough of a come up if he's already in the uh, NHL. But anyways, past two days, he they do that skate around. Dude, hockey players are just a different fucking breed because they do the skate around thing and the toughest guy on the other team. So he already has a reputation coming in as a rookie that like he's down to throw hands with like anybody. In the past two days, uh Fuck, I can't remember. He fought a guy from Columbus today who ended up getting the best of him, I, I would say, in that one. But I can't remember who they were. Oh, the Flyers. So it was the Flyers, dude. Uh, but basically, the toughest guy on every team in the pre-skate is just asking this guy to fight him. And it's just absolutely electric fights. And with the Phillies one, usually those things don't last too long. But you got you got to look this up. Anybody listening to this, I would assume you might have seen it on Twitter by now. But they're just throwing bombs for just a minute straight. And the Phillies one's like real good. And I think he ended up getting a goal in the game too. And they interviewed him after the fact. And uh, the lady's like, how does it feel to get your first goal in the NHL? And he's like, they counted that as a goal. And she was like, had to check the stats sheet and she was like yeah they gave you that goal and he's like well that's probably the shittiest first goal like ever scored in the nhl and then like see that yeah yeah and then uh i think she asked him like a little bit about the fight and she was like he was just so cool about it it was like he wasn't mad about i do not see how you can have that type of interaction with a person and just like be completely like happy and fine about it after the fact. But I kind of feel bad for him because he's, he's getting like two games back to back, just like every tough guy wants to see how tough he is. So he's just having to go out there and like throw bombs. So I'm curious, like this stretch, how far this stretch is going to run. And like, like I said, like how chill he is about it. And like, how nice of a guy it seems like he really is, is just interesting to me. Like you would think he'd be like a Stephen Avery, like kind of an asshole, but like he can back it up type deal. Do you remember who Stephen Avery was? He was like the guy that would like block in front of the goal. I, they had to like make rules because he would just like 
Um, the Stephen Avery that I know of is the making a murderer Stephen Avery. Oh shit! Yeah, I think it's Sean Avery. Maybe maybe okay. Sean Avery. I mean, but. it don't matter. Uh, so like, and they t- they talk about guys like this uh, on the McAfee show on occasion, like because they they like hockey for like I yeah, guess they're Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh like, dudes. Yeah, yeah, and they think it's hockey town and like all this shit and right and so. They talk about, uh, I think it's Chara who played for the Bruins for a long time. And like, but like, he would be like, I w- will you do the honor of fighting me? Like, he was like all like weird about it and everything too. Like, oh, like I would just love to have this fight. We know there has to be a fight. I just, you know, like, yeah, let's like- do this. And so I think this guy probably just has known his whole life that everybody is like, I'm going to fight that dude. Right, he's the biggest dude on that team. I'm gonna fight him. So he's like, "Yeah, fuck it. Like, I better get good at fighting him because these guys are coming." <laughs> and so, and like, that's all these guys that are picking him out too. They're all the fighters from that team. It's not. That's the tough part. That's and what I'm saying. Getting, you're not getting anybody that is, um, like, like getting fish <laughs> out there. Like no newbies. <laughs> like nobody that's like maybe I might get him. They're like, I got this guy. Like they all have the confidence because they'll fight anybody anytime. And that would be tough for me. Um, But I do think it's more like a professional fight. Like it's a, um, and I don't think boxers or UFC guys like enjoy their competition that much. Right. Like when they fight, I think they kind of are at the point where they have to like trick themselves that they really do hate the person that they're fighting. And it just makes it the training process easier. Yeah. We're like this, I think might be a little bit different where it's like, um, this guy just wants to like throw a few rounds with me, like a sparring partner type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of, I don't know that dude. I've never dude. lived this life. So yeah. which would be kind of wild. No, I think, and so I'm going to keep an eye on him, but I think he's my new favorite hockey player right now. So, uh, but yeah, then another good hockey fighting story that I had, which just like blew my mind, like the, I think it was maybe like the first time I was kind of hearing about this shit, like how you were saying Charo would like ask to fight. Like, I think I used to always just assume that like they got mad and then they fought each other. That's definitely what I assumed when I was a young person for sure. Yeah. But I had a buddy who played, I can't remember what level it was. It wasn't like AHL or anything like that, but like juniors type stuff. Right. Yeah. So it was like not, affiliated to college i think it would kind of be like the loggers of hockey like i think a lot of like college kids went and played there so i think guys that are really good avoid college right so really good players avoid college to attempt to get signed out of juniors and then they'll go back and play college if they don't get signed out of juniors where there's some guys that get drafted and go play college right away yeah, so and yours is an attempt to get signed. Okay. Yeah, I have no clue. I, you know, I don't. I don't even think it was that level. Like this guy was real good at hockey, from like what I knew. He was like the best player I'd ever seen play, like with my eyes. Uh, but yeah, so he was down in El Paso playing hockey, and we went over to his house one night, and he he would like tell stories and stuff, and like it was just always the weirdest shit, like. His coach like wouldn't ever talk to him and stuff. And it was just like the most like hockey stuff. And like he would make the backup goalie carry a tin of grizzly wintergreen 
in his shin pad. So, and then while the coach walked out, the backup goalie would have to open the tin of, I'm probably butchering some of these stories, but would have to like present him the tin of Grizzly Wintergreen and the coach would take a dip from the backup goalie and then like carry on. Anyways, I'm getting like too lost in the weeds. We might have so to So the have coach to... was doing that. No, no, no. We're, yeah, yeah. It, but yeah, but th- this kid wasn't like a fighter. Like he's probably about our size, if not maybe a little bit shorter. And uh, yeah, he got in a fight one time, but long story short, like he did a pretty good job in it. He showed us like the video of it. He ended up like taking him down to the ice like quicker, which I think like if you're like a good fighter, you know how to like keep people on their feet and stuff. But I think he was having like a pretty good game and maybe being a little cocky or something. And then a player from the other team skated up to him. And basically, it was like, hey, my coach was like, we need to fight you. He's like, are you down? And he was like, okay, next next puck drop. Like, we'll just drop the gloves. So he dropped the puck. They dropped their gloves, and they fought. And he said when they went to the penalty box together, the guy banged the uh, glass with his stick and was like, like that. Like, gave him two thumbs up. Like, yeah, that's Good yeah, job. I mean, maybe like getting your first one out of the way is like a a huge deal or something too. I yeah, I would assume so. I don't know how yeah. many more fights he had, but like I don't think he was the guy that like people were looking to fight. I think he was kind of a guy that like if he got hit funny, people would fight because yeah. of it, like type deal. But I think there's some weird rules, like uh, kind of like baseball has. I heard about one recently where somebody took a slap shot on an empty net or something like oh that. yeah like, yeah if you do this like this is you're gonna get bought like a bunch of times <laughs> oh, i was like that that seems weird but okay yeah that game maybe i need off. to start paying way more attention to hockey because that sounds like that kind of stuff sounds fun but i think i've missed like getting into it enough yeah, like, it's, it's really oh, hard man. to get into as well because you can't watch it yeah and we We've tried a couple times. I think in this area, I could get like get to enough Predators games and like maybe oh, yeah. watch enough hockey on TV. But yeah, it, it feels pretty selective of what, where, where you need to watch it. Like basically, if I was became a hockey fan, it feels like I would just have to be a fan of hockey, like not of a team of hockey. And I don't do a good job of that. Like I'm, because yeah, like college basketball. I was watching a little bit more than I usually do. Like, I think I watched a little bit of the Arizona Washington game, uh, a little bit of the Indiana Penn state game this weekend. And then there was another, another game, like where I had real, no, really no cheering interest. And I was starting to enjoy it, but that's like this time, this time of year has come, you know, it's turning into like the page turn to college basketball. So, so, but yeah, usually I need a team. So hockey, I think I like it a lot, but I just don't think I have the time to invest in getting into another sport. We've tried a little bit. We tried a little bit, and it's yeah. tough. Yeah, even even one where we can watch the entire sport in three hours, we can't do. So Yeah, NASCAR can't do it. All right, you ready to get into the Buck stuff? Because we don't have any Badger stuff. We no, no, so the last game for the Badgers was Maryland. Uh, they beat them 74-70 on Tuesday. We covered that a little bit in the last episode. 
And so their next game coming up is on Tuesday against, oh, now I had it up and now I can't. I think I got think, you. Think about who it was right offhand. Um, Tuesday night, and then they'll play again the following Saturday. I know that the big one to finish out is they might have Illinois and Purdue both left, which could really like set things on fire going forward. So Yeah, next game's at a crappy Indiana team indiana's pretty bad this year um and that's on the 27th so yeah you're probably right that's tuesday Tuesdays. and then then they play illinois march 2nd rutgers then purdue so it seems like it at the very least it should be two and two but we'll see how how this badgers team has yeah. kind of been rolling because ever since we had uh Carry Blue Kevin on. I think we had him on right at the start of their four game losing streak when they lost in Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan, and Rutgers back to back to back. Um, luckily, we got Rutgers at home. And from what I've been paying attention to this to this year and like all of college basketball ever, is the home teams have just been dominant this year. So no one's playing good on the road. So hopefully that holds true. Uh, until we play Purdue in West Lafayette. Oh, That'd yeah, we're sweet to get a win there. All right, we'll roll to the Bucks here. So we had, yeah, let's let's get into it. So after the All-Star break, so we kind of talked about it last episode. It just seemed like this All-Star break, all the news about the Bucks, and it felt like for the first time in my life that the Bucks were like the biggest story in the NBA. But it seemed yeah. like we were getting shit on left and right. Like how will this team respond? And, you know, are they, do they really want to win? Are they improved? Like, is there too many distractions? Is doc rivers? What, or was doc rivers hire a good move? Doc rivers is coming out saying, I didn't want to get in until after the all-star break, whatever. We broke all that stuff down, but in the bucks last two games against two pretty formidable opponents, Bucks, well, super formidable in the T Wolves uh being the number one seed in the West right now. So they beat the T Wolves 112 to 107 in Minnesota. And then today they went into Philadelphia and beat the 76ers 119 to 98. So both these games, if you just look at the score in general, the defense stepped up since what we've been seeing recently holding teams to under 100 or in the low 100s uh, and then under 100 in the game today but t wolves game was was just a very good team effort but i'll get what i get to what i wrote down so brooke lopez started out this game hot uh for the bucks i think he went four for four from three in the first quarter uh then he ended up getting like a weird penalty and a stupid technical which kind of like helped keep the T-Wolves like momentum in this game. Uh still a pretty back and forth game in this one until about the third quarter. Bucks end up going on a 12-0 run in the third quarter, which felt like it was almost good enough to put it away. Uh but the Timberwolves are real damn good. So Carl Anthony Towns and then that Anthony Edwards for them had something to say about that lead and they were just trying to chip away at it. So they were hitting big shot after big shot. Uh, but to the Bucks credit, uh, what they brought Dame in to do, Dame ended up doing. 
So Dame started hitting like big threes, fadeaway. There was like a fadeaway three in there. There was another three in there. And then at the end of the game where it was getting slightly closer, I can't remember exactly what the score was at the time, but it, it was definitely like within striking distance. I think it might've been 107 to 110. Uh, Dame hits just a crazy like two off his back foot and just put the game away. So in this game, uh, what I got here. So everyone on the team uh, seemed to know their role and execute it pretty well. Like I said already, uh, Brooke got the team out going, uh, starting the scoring early, going four for four. Giannis is Giannis and went out and got his 33 points and 13 rebounds. Malik Beasley, who's been our big three guy this year, was hot from deep. So he went four of nine from three. Uh, and yeah, just everybody on the team did what they had to do. Uh, one thing I didn't write down here though, Dame was definitely facilitating the ball uh, a lot better than I've seen him do it. So he, he ended up with a double, double, um, had 10 assists, 21 points, and then he had nine rebounds. So he damn near had a triple double in this game. And it didn't even seem like he was having the greatest game. But he definitely came up big when we needed to come up big. Uh, something I've been paying a little bit more attention to, um, which I kind of would put as a weakness for this team, is, and K9 Kyle tuned me into this, and now I can't stop watching for it. But when Giannis goes to screen for Dame, he just doesn't really attempt to like actually put a screen in. And I don't know shit about X's and O's of basketball, yeah. but it just very much seems like he's very reluctant to want to screen. And I don't, I don't get why he like stands there and then he just jumps out like before the screen would be used or if it's going to be used and they just don't play off of it very well. Whereas I feel like when, when Brooke Lopez will set a screen, he like picks and then pops and usually he's like wide open for a three or something, or he can cut and get like a dunk off of it. But, but yeah, that, that's about all I would say that was not great for the Bucks in, in this game. Uh, cause Carl Anthony Towns, you know, he's going to go out and get his, he ended up having 22 points in the game. And then Anthony Edwards ends up with 28. And for some reason, Anthony Edwards sounds funny to me. No, I was right. Anthony Edwards, but he was a stud. Like he was definitely clutching up when he, he needed to late in the game and, and making this one close because the Bucks outscored Minnesota 36 to 13 in the third, um, which just felt like the game was over there, but, but they scratch and claw their way back into the game. So that's what I got for that game. Uh, but very good statement coming out of the All-Star break, like I said before, with, with all those questions. But then I do think the other question that people, or maybe it's not a question, but another criticism that the people have is, or us people, uh, that the Bucs play to their opponents. So, so they're a good team. The Bucs are going to play them good is is what people would say, I think, is like, sure, they played that game good, but they tend to step up when they have to step up. It's when they play lesser opponents, they step down to their level. Right. So, but like, is that an issue if once you get into playoffs, they're all good teams, right? So then you're fine. As long as you get to that point. 
But I think that's like what our trouble's been with like Miami lately is is sleepwalking into those. I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's definitely definitely something that bit us in the ass. But I feel like today's game was kind of the answer to that question. So sure, the 76ers are the number four seed in the East right now, but they're without Embiid and they're falling super fast. Like it's definitely a team that was limping into this game. I want to say the Bucks were four and a half point favorites in Philly. And I, like immediately when the, I want to put 20 bucks on it, you know, and I was a little late and immediately when the game started, it like jumped to like six and a half points. So like, I, I guess basketball wise, it's not like an egregiously big spread, but it was definitely a game. The Bucks were supposed to go out there and handle business. And right. just by the score, you can tell they fucking whooped them from, I think, what does, uh, Pat Beverly, I've been trying to listen to his uh, podcast lately. So he he says belt to ass a lot. So the Bucks put their belt to their ass in this one, but everything was going for the right or going right for the Bucks in this one. Um, I mean, that's just the description of the whole game. Is like if you look at the little thing on ESPN where it shows like the scores going apart, it basically separates after the first quarter so they end up out scoring philly 35 to 21 in the first 34 to 27 in the second so just have a huge lead at halftime i want to say 69 points um 69 to 48 so huge lead kind of let it slip a little bit put it in cruise control in the third uh Philly makes it look like it's going to be somewhat of a game, but then they go out and stomp them uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, <clears throat> this game, Giannis gets his 30 like he does. Lillard goes off for 24. One of the cool things that I think happened in this game is Giannis and Dame <clears throat> both had nine assists, so they were getting everybody involved. Uh, Three-point shooting was premium in this game, so the Bucks shot 48.6 uh percent for th- from three so 18 to 37 out there uh defense held the 76ers to under 98 points and yeah the bucks beat the sixers in basically every major category so i guess a weakness in this game would be they turned the ball over 19 times and i want to say the 76ers got Quite a few points off of turnovers, uh, 28 points off those turnovers. So they could definitely work on cleaning that up. Uh, and then another thing I seen just box score wise, I had to dig into something to get a, get another weakness in. Like our, our bench was, you know how they do the plus minus? Our yeah. bench was, if I can do some quick math. Whatever. I'm not going to do the math. Minus but, a boatload. <laughs> yeah, minus a boatload where our starters, the, our lowest starter was plus 14. Um, Pat Beverly had a rough one in this one. So I think he he ended up going one for five from the field. And they, he was only shooting three. So he was one for five from three. And then Jay Crowder started in this game and he had zero points. But... I do think we mostly have him out there for defense and other reasons because he did end up with eight rebounds, three assists, and he was plus 17, which kind of surprises me. 
uh, in 25 minutes out there. So I think his spot's kind of the swing spot where you put Portis in for him. And then Portis off the bench did have a pretty good game. So he was seven of 11, three of four from three and 17 points. So both these games, the Bucks did what they had to do. The team looks like it was put together for a purpose and everybody on the team is executing uh, their purpose. So that was going to be the answer to the Bucks playing down to their opponents. I think if that was still ringing true and whatever, it's a two game stretch. So I think the Bucks kind of got a fire lit under their ass, uh, but they look good in these two games and it made me feel quite a bit better about this Bucks team coming out of the break. So I'm not as worried about all the fire and fiery rain that came down on the Bucks uh, during the All-Star break. Yeah, and so I think that over the next um, next week or so, so uh, back-to-backs against the Hornets, um, and then we play the Bulls on Friday. So we got Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So we got Tuesday, the Hornets, Thursday, the Hornets, Friday, um, is against the Bulls, so should be able to roll through those three games right there. And then we have a pretty good matchup Monday on the fourth against the Clippers. That'll be a a like a test game there because yep. their the Clippers are good this year. Prime time stuff on NBA TV. So Bulls will be a nationally broadcast game. Damn, that's late for. So the Bulls game starts at nine with two teams in the Central Time Zone. So. Yeah, that's a weird yeah. one, but take what do, we can get. Yeah, and I do think on out, I've heard the Bucks have the fourth strongest strength of schedule on the way out. So it'll be a good test on the way out. I do think this Bucks team can win it all. And I mean, they're just going to be sharpening their knives on these teams coming up. So we'll see how it goes. And hopefully, I mean... I think all that really matters is being you know, a top four seed, not having to be in the playing game. And I don't think the Bucs are really a threat of, of leaving that. Hopefully they can get back into the two seed. And I think I would be happy with that with, as well as Boston's been playing and as well as Cleveland's been playing. So should be a fun run on out. But that's all I got for the Bucs. That's, that's my breakdown. All right, and we'll jump into the Brewers real quick. Um, looks like they're testing out Sal Frelick at third base. Um, who knows if that'll stick through the season? He came up in the league as an outfielder last year. Pat super high on him. Um, but giving that a shot, maybe we'll we'll see old Sal do some do some stuff. Some yeah, stuff in the infield. My big thing is, and like I said, I'm not an expert by any means. I don't think Sal Frelick's going to be playing third this year. I mean, if uh, he's capable of playing third, like I like that they're giving him time at third. And if he can play third, I'm cool with it. But I mean, we got Monasterio, who I think can play a little third base. Um, I did last year, correct? Yeah, no, Monasterio was a good third baseman. And I feel like he was like, one of the team's leaders in uh like batting average as well uh but it just doesn't really seem necessary but it is kind of nice because 
we had Matt Chad on and he was ta- talking about putting Yelich at first at some point. So it does seem like we're a little too loaded in the outfield, which I think yeah. is a good problem to have, like where some of these outfielders are going to have to start taking reps at some spots. Um, we were, I think we both. Or you move them high. or you move them for position players, like the yeah. infield position players, but you don't necessarily want to remove somebody who ends up being a star. Yeah, for sure. But cool to see. Uh, yeah, Brewers went one and one. I don't know if you got the scores to them, but I don't. I think I do. They, I do. Yeah. And and uh, and then I guess the only other news that I saw was that Greg was being, you know, like taking shots at Milwaukee when he felt like there should be no reason for any like hard feelings after his move, which I don't necessarily understand. Like maybe if you move to like the Rockies or something like that, or like the Los Angeles angels. Okay. I can see where there's no hard feelings. You're taking a bunch of money, but if you move in division, you know, like the, and maybe the brewers personal biggest rivals is the Cubs, right? So the Cubs is always St. Louis, but you move to, the who the brewers consider the enemy like you can't you can't do that shit and then think nothing nothing bad on so i don't actually like feel too bad for greg that he's getting shit on a lot and then i also don't feel too bad for brewers fans like if you're gonna shit on a dude you gotta expect some shit to come back yeah yeah he slided us like the first chance he got but like the first like 30 seconds in an interview they're asking him but like he says something about attendance right so like yeah it was something along the lines is like the the crowd was packed larger yeah and that's definitely a big difference from where i was coming from before which i feel like we packed the stadiums you know in october and not in uh april or uh february right yeah yeah, and and it's just like a weird slight too because the, Chicago is like so much bigger than Milwaukee. Granted, there's two teams that are like split in that. Market. So Chicago's so much bigger, but the market share that the Chicago Cubs took from everyone because they put po- posted their uh, games on national television is ridiculous. That's like true you can too, pro- yeah. you can probably find like Cubs fans that have never left Alabama, right? Like, so, oh yeah, like they've never been outside of Alabama, but like they're Cubs fans because that's who they can see on TV. Yeah, Cubs and Braves did a very good job of stealing a lot of fans that didn't have teams like right in their area. Yep. Yeah, so. or like just like they fell in love with a player from those teams or whatever because they could see them. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, think how think how many uh, Cubs fans there would be if Griffey ended up being a Cub. Oh yeah, that'd be insane. Be, that would have been ridiculous, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm glad he wasn't because I love Ken Griffey. So me too. So. But at the time, it wouldn't have been a big deal for us to be like Cubs apologists because he would have been. They would have been in the National League while the Brewers were in the American League. Like not necessarily fans, but apologists. Like you can like, okay, it doesn't bother me. And they never yeah. played each other. Wait, the Cubs and the Brewers. I feel like that happened in like 90. I feel like 
Great. So that, so they went to the NL probably in like 96, 97. Really? Yeah, pretty way. sure. I mean, we can take a look to be positive. I thought it was, it was in my lifetime that it happened. It wasn't like, no, you're right. It was 1998 that the Milwaukee Brewers 1998 season was the first season for the franchise as a member of the national league. I did not realize it was that late for some reason. Yeah, I want so, to say it was like 90. So Griffey would have been in the league for probably five or six years at that point. That, right. that is very interesting to me. Yeah. I thought it was like 89, 90 for some reason. I thought it was when I was, when the world started and I was born when, that, <laughs> that, that it was right. that time. Yeah. So we, let's just be lucky. There weren't like any really like generational talents that came through for the Cubs during that time. Yeah. I mean, there's been some obviously great players that, that came through, but, but yeah, not Ken yeah, but nobody. I mean, so Ken's, Ken Griffey, Sammy Sosa, I think <laughs> would be, uh, one of those guys who did that. But, but I think he kind of hurt his own image though, towards the end there. But did he, was he actually that guy that like was nationally like renowned as like the player? Because even in the 98 season, it's not him. It's McGuire, right? They're both chasing that, but it's McGuire is the dude. Yeah. But I think Sosa was the dude as well. Like, I, I think there was, I would say you're right. Like, I don't think it's, um, like, like a 50-50 split, but I want to say it's close to like a 60-40 split of who was cheering for Sosa and who was cheering for McGuire. Because I think I, I was cheering more for Sosa than McGuire in that thing. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think if like either of those guys was ever really considered the most popular player in baseball. Like oh, yeah. That year, they both that year yeah. I get like that year, like everybody's attention is on them, but are they ever like the guy that everybody wants to be. I think so. Like, that's a different thing, right? So, like, Griffey was, like, swag cool, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, are you that? Like, and I'm trying to think of other examples, and I don't know if I know of, like, too many that are jumping off the page at me that are are Griffey-esque, right? Like, maybe, like, a Patrick Mahomes might be that guy. I think Ozzie Smith is maybe the, the generation before yeah like the wizard everybody loved him um but i think sosa and mcguire now it's different looking back at them because they both you know sosa had the bat issue uh with the cork in the bat and then mcguire had the steroid shit so i think i think their water got muddy and if that well so they were they were both like admitted steroid users they were both using uh andro before it was outlawed by major league baseball yeah and i i just think some of that stuff hit hurt their image and then if you look at like sammy sosa today you're kind of like that guy was kind of a weirdo like i don't know he's um i think if you look at his like pre-98 stats they were kind of meh too they were okay is all but i don't know that for sure right i just think i had heard that yeah but i get it in 98 those two were the like that was the world for baseball right and so i can understand where people are like oh yeah yeah, they're the they're the dude i don't know if they were ever like a guy like griffey right like that like had the nation's attention for like an extended amount of time 
Yeah, I think Griffey, Shohei Otani. Yeah, there, there's guys out there that are just like cooler that have that attention. Um, yeah, but it's hard to do in baseball as well as I like. Everybody knows is the probably the most regional of all the professional sport. Eh, maybe not, but does feel like that mm-hmm. way. Like you, there can be some real like I. Bet you like a casual baseball fan like doesn't know who like the best shortstop in in the American League is type deal. So yeah, I be, I would bet. To <laughs> yeah, I'd be I hard pressed. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> hard pressed. Uh, so, but I think all right. that's all we got for today. So as always, thank you for the support. We love you guys. We appreciate it. Mike, what do you got for him? If you're down the Badgers, the Bucks, the Brewers, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.